It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. We have listeners all over the globe, down under in New Zealand, Australia. We've got people in the Philippines, in the United States, in the UK, in Amsterdam, all over the place. So I am so delighted that you are here. If it's your first time, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to themidlifewhisperer.com. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. And today's show is all about becoming who you want to be. You know, I think we can do that at every age and stage of our lives. But you know, midlife is kind of this golden opportunity, you know, as we go through the menopause, to actually hit pause and start to question who we are, who we want to be, what do we need to change? And the good news is that, well, it's not, um, it, while it's not incredibly easy to do, it can be difficult. It's incredibly rewarding and fulfilling and you don't have to go it alone. And there are amazing guides and healers that you meet along the way. Somehow when you decide that, okay, I'm going to hit pause, ask some help, find those teachers, the books, the people, the guides appear to help you out. And today we've got two incredible women who are going to help you on your journey. They have both dug deep to find more joy and become who they want to be. First, we are talking with the lovely and amazing, you're going to love her, she's so charming, the Mel Trumbull. She is the author of The Big Book of Bad Ideas, which is so much fun. And then we will be talking with illustrator Allison Filch. She is creator of The Journey, an oracle deck to help you find your place in the universe. And I have it right here. It's this beautiful deck. I don't know if you can see the colors. If you're looking, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook and beforehand, we we uh, pick the card limiting beliefs, which I think is so interesting because Lord knows I am always dealing with limiting beliefs. The bottom line is if you are stepping outside your comfort zone, the minute you decide, okay, I want to become who I want to be, <laughs> then all of a sudden the limiting beliefs are like, wait a minute, that could be dangerous. You could face rejection. You might fail. You might not get where you want to be. Why even bother? And I think it's interesting when you look at the uh, neuroscience of midlife, we actually have more fear. Like, you know, when you look at little kids and people in their teens and twenties, they're like, I could just like jump off the cliff and I'm going to dive into the water and I'm going to be fine. And midlife, we're like, I can't like change my job. I can't leave that relationship. I can't move or travel. We're so dug in and we have all of these limiting beliefs. So it takes a little bit of a push to get you where you want to be. And I have to say the three-step system that I use to get myself out of my comfort zone and help me become who I want to be is, first of all, you got to find your North Star. And I talk about this a lot in my book, Rock Your Midlife. Like you have the power to choose who you want to be, but you have to decide who the heck do I want that future self to be? And for me, it, the bottom line comes down to, first of all, knowing yourself and knowing your core values. Like what do you want your life to have stood for? What's that thing you see in the world, that problem that you want to make a difference in? Really, what do you want to uh, be? Who do you want to become? What's your vision? So you've got this choice point. 
The key thing here also is making sure that your choice point is in alignment, not from the place of ego, which is all about like, look at me and I fit in, but more about gal. What does my soul want? What's this higher perspective? What's my mission? What's my purpose? And that's a little scary because I find like you only know like what I'm doing next, like tomorrow or maybe the next day or week. And you don't always know that whole path, but it's much more exciting. So the first thing is you've got to choose your North, North Star know that you have the power to choose. You have free will to choose who you want to be. Number two, which goes with the clearing away the limiting beliefs, is you've got to clear away the old habits, the fears, the beliefs, the doubts, all of those things that are out of alignment with your North Star. You've got to become aware of what you need to let go of. And that awareness is so powerful because you can be like, oh yeah, that's like fear that's talking to me now, right, right now. I can dive deep and try to understand this. I can journal about this. I can, you know, get some therapy or some coaching around it. I can really ask what's keeping me from expressing my true self. So the number two, you've got to clear away the old habits, the beliefs, the fears, the doubts. And number three, which is so exciting, and I think that's what today's show is about, is get support. And and my two guests are going to help you with that. Be open to what shows up. And also listen to your intuition. Your intuition is really that voice of support. It's a voice that's not coming from your mind. It's coming from your heart and your soul that is connected with really this higher wisdom that we have access to that supports you to grow and evolve and know and knows what's right for you. And for me, I think the two big things that I have been really leaning into, you know, whether you're listening to this and the year has started or you're listening to it as we're recording it at the end of 2022 is joy and kindness. This is my year to choose joy, not oi, really to have more joy, less oi, and also to be kinder to others and to myself. So I'm all about like finding these joy snacks, small things in my day, like cuddling with my man, walking my dog, playing the ukulele, playing with my Oracle decks, making new friends that really light me up. Because as Joseph Campbell says, you find that place inside where there's joy and the joy burns out all that pain, all of that Mm -hmm. self-doubt. So go for joy. Now, speaking of joy, this woman that I'm going to introduce you to is like such a joy goddess. She is Mel Trumbull and she is the founder of ZFG Living LLC and author of the big book of bad ideas, adulting from anxiety to zero F's given. Mel and and ZFG Living's mission is to increase joy throughout the world by coaching and releasing books that speak to survivors of trauma. Her personal experience with abuse led her empathy with fellow trauma veterans, especially those with craptastic backgrounds of child abuse and domestic violence. Her joy radiates. Her coaching shows how to get to joy in a way that is true to each person. I've known Mel for about a year. We actually met as we were both working on our books. I think we supported each other's launch. I was actually on... uh, her channel, she's doing an incredible summit that's starting in the next couple of weeks, which we'll talk about. And she is going to spread a little joy. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Mel. So awesome to have you here. Thank you so much, Ellen. I loved what you were speaking about, especially, uh, you know, I always start with who are we? Uh, you know, we're heading on a path, we're going somewhere, but who are we? And that includes the trauma. 
any trauma. It doesn't, you don't have to have had been abused as a child to know trauma. And the, the heart and the, the body, the ancient part of our brain and body can't differentiate from what, what is the danger? Is it physical danger? Are you going to die? Or is it, are you fearing being rejected? So you, you're going to protect yourself at all costs from that. And that is where you get those limiting beliefs, which is the best card you could have pulled. <laughs> I mean, that I'm all about that because I didn't even think I could even be happy, <laughs> like even, even have happiness. I did not think I had the value of someone who would have happiness. And that took some decades. And uh, what I'm wanting to do here on this life for the rest of my journey is to help people process things more quickly and to really understand themselves. And that to me is the first step of being able to, because you can't identify where you're going if you don't know where you are. So, yeah. And I love that you said that trauma, it doesn't mean, you know, we think about veterans, right, who have been in battle and they have trauma or people who have been through some kind of abuse. But trauma really is just these layers of protection that you put mm -hmm. around yourself because of, you know, when you view something as a child, it's very different than you view it as an adult. So I think I think pretty much all of us have experienced some level of trauma and we create these personas, you know, whether that's the people pleaser, the self-critic, the workaholic as a way to protect ourselves and get the love that we really need. And by noticing it and, and acknowledging it, we can start to work through all of these layers. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that if you can't do that, if, if it's too raw for you, then that's where you have to really go all in and really do some hard work. That That's my experience. And it it's not fun necessarily, right? You know, you're putting all these pieces back together. It's so useful. It is so incredibly useful to allow yourself to, to clear away the detritus around your heart so that you can bloom, so that you can really just come to life and flourish. And that's that is my secret, honestly. There's, it's not a complicated process. It's just difficult. And that's why I coach is so that I can help people, you know, do that and support them when they're just like, oh, wow, I'm really kind of a, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you can be, but that doesn't have to define you. Yeah, right? it can be messy. It's like the world throws mud on us. And instead of like being like, okay, I'm clearing the mud off, we shellac it with nail varnish. Yes. And, and, and why? Well, yeah, that's we, what the yeah, trauma is. Yeah, we internalize it and like we become that. Like that's what we're worth. That's our value is whatever, whoever is, you know, hitting us, whether it's metaphorically or physically. Um, and it's no joke because it's the people closest to you. It's not like we go outside of our homes and every day some random person comes and takes a swing. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. it's the people in your home usually. So I'm dying to know, and can you tell us a little bit about your early struggles, you know, as in-depth as you want to go? And I'm I'm so curious about what was that moment where you were you were able to get over the obstacles and the barriers and really step into your brilliance. So my childhood, I am the second of nine children. And oh my goodness. Uh, at, at that rate, the best you could hope for is neglect, basically. Oh wow. And expect yeah. to have to take care of everybody else. Exactly. As one of the older, especially as a female, I was raising my younger siblings. Um, we tried to spend as much time outside of the home as possible. And it's funny, at the time, I didn't really understand why, 
And it's because it was so abusive. There was so much anger and vitriol. And then a relative moved in and began sexually abusing us. And it just spiraled from there. And so when you have a betrayal, whether it's, you know, a, a relative or a parent, they're the grown up. Right. And when you're when you're young, anybody taller than you is the grown up, you know, honestly, somebody two years older than you might as well be 25. You know, when you're talking about the difference between nine and 11 from that perspective. So it's it's just a very difficult thing. And I think all of the layers of shame and, you know, incest is just not spoken of. And I'm I'm here to tell you, like, the numbers are so wrong on that because I talk to people about it and. I've had many, many, many people say like, yeah, this happened and I didn't really understand at the time, you know, and this, because if someone's going to be a predator, their prey is around them. And so it's just, it's not defective. It's not deficient. It's something that they're doing because they were taught that that's how children are treated. Guess how? Oh yeah. They were also abused in this way. And especially when you get into the upper generations, you know, cause like I'm a Gen Xer and then you got the baby boomers, not exactly the bastion of uh, self, self-empowerment, self-awareness, emotional. Uh, it's just that wasn't part of the, the drill for them. Right. And people so, pleaser. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, I was people pleaser extraordinaire. I mean, because I could do things so many things and so excellently because I was constantly on edge, constantly riddled with anxiety. And um, you asked about when I uncovered that it, the process, I knew that I, I needed therapy, like straight up. I was rage filled. I didn't understand why at the time I was, you know, 12, <laughs> but so we, we actually had a family therapy session and I thought it was so amazing. And then, I, well, the first one I thought was hilarious because they wanted us every single person to be there. And so you're talking about <laughs> You know, uh, it was pressed ham. Uh, everyone's there. Like one of the kids starts to cry. One of my brothers starts making all these little weird mouth noises because he's like, "Ooh, nice echo." <laughs> it was it was deranged. But then lo- the next ones where it was just me, that was fantastic. And so I found another therapist um, when I could no longer go there because of money, and I traded babysitting for therapy all through high school. Oh, brilliant! And that was amazing. And I'm so lucky that I recognized I was just exposed to this resource. I didn't know what therapy was. And I just kept going to therapists all through my life. And I would uncover one layer and be like, glad that's done. (laughs) Like, yeah, welcome to your insomnia nightmares, you know, and I'd just be like, oh, geez, are you kidding? And I I did a brutally, brutally hard um, round of therapy, just incessantly digging into family darkness. And that is when I finally, in my, after my second divorce, because, you know, I'm going to do it right. You know, I'm going to create chaos twice, you know? So after that, I was like, I don't have anything left to lose. And I'm happy to be myself for the rest of my life. Like that is a okay. And I need to sort this out. And so what do you know? I did. And then what do you know? I met an amazing person and we share our lives and we got married and I I never, I didn't think I was going to be married again. So what's your system for defeating that obstacles and barrier perspective? How do you actually go about doing that? So first you have to identify who you are, where you are right now, and character traits on into personality habits. You know, what do you do? Who are you? And then can you see a possibility? And some, for some, for me, it was, can you see a possibility of anything? Because 
it would be like maybe for others, but not for me, this is as good as it's going to get. And what I, where I was, it was pretty miserable. And so then after you can identify possibility, you want to identify future you, who is that? And so then you've got your roadmap, right? So you've got where you are now, where you want to go, and you can look at the things that are the gap and you got to close that gap. How can you go about doing it? Pick one, one, one at a time. Uh, just take it from ADHD, just pick one. And, uh, you know, you just take a little step each day to close it. And then you become bolstered by your own habit making and you get stronger. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm kind of a badass. What's going on? You know, and it's just the compounding of doing something every day to nudge yourself forward to that beautiful person that you are inside and you want to bring to the external. So how do you go about the excavation uh, that is involved with authenticity? So how do you stop the masquerading? Masquerading is, of course, you know, trying to be what everybody else wants you to be and what society tells you you should be. And then all of a sudden going, wait a minute, you're telling me that, you know, for me, it was, you're supposed to be, you know, a dog, but no, I'm a tiger, really. That's like my power animal is a tiger. And I was living like a dog or a cage tiger and realizing, mm -hmm. gosh, I was not being true to myself. Right. And it was like, I was crawling up this ladder of success that was up against the wrong building. But I'm curious about your recipe for authenticity. What does that involve? How do you help your clients? How did you help yourself find who you, you know, with this all about being, coming the person you want to be? How, how did you find that person? Um, well, I think finding who you want to be is doable for most people, right? You know, like it's, it's something that we can, once we can see possibility, we can look forward to you know, who we want to be and we can identify that. And then to get there, you have to be, I have to get someone strong enough so that they can deal with the backlash. And it may not be backlash. That's a pretty strong term, but people are going to be like, what? You've always said you would bring everything for the party. What? You've always done, you know, every single thing for me. You know, what do you mean you won't do this? Or, you know, so when we define ourselves and our boundaries and we, we, respect ourselves and we have those boundaries, it's, it's going to change. And we humans are not so fond of change, right? You know, we're wired like, Hey, you were alive yesterday. You're alive now. So that was a-okay to do. And we're just going to keep on doing that. Right. So if you can change that, and I mean, obviously we can change our behavior. We can stop, pause and respond, not react, you know, all of those things. But when we're going to treat other people, differently and allow them to treat us differently. Ooh, it, it's, it's a weird thing. And some relationships will change and some may, it's scary because when people are like, you know, give you that little expression, like what? It, it's scary. It hurts. Are they going to leave? Am I, am I lovable? And, and they and may leave and they may. And that you know was what? my That's experience. But then you get new people who are like really your tribe. And so you are mm -hmm. able to like let go of the masks that kept you in place with the people who really were not in alignment. I know I, when I got divorced, I lost a lot of friends and I've got a lot of new friends, which is awesome. Um, but I think the interesting thing too is that, especially because we're living longer, is that we're always changing. Like I am right. not, I've gone through, again, I've got that, you know, that tiger power animal. So I've definitely been, I'm past my nine lives. I mean, I have had <laughs> multiple relationships, multiple careers, you know, multiple personas. But I think the interesting thing is that as you step into becoming who you are, that you start to discover this essence as part of you 
that's mm-hmm. eternal. And that's the same. Maybe that's kind of your soul self. Has that been your experience where you kind of start to connect with this person that's beyond like my name and what I look like and where I live and what my job title is, but there's this deeper part of myself that's eternal. I agree. And I think that the eternal part was evident at childhood, even if it was before you have a memory. And so it's all about uncovering who we were initially before we learned to speak, before we learned how to be a person and in society and in in a family and all of those things, you know, before we knew that we were formed fully, consciously, you know, and were you super joyful? Were you interested and observant? Were you know it, everyone's different and everyone's got their own recipe? I, you'll be shocked to know, was kind of a wild child. Mm-hmm. You know, you could find. Oh, I'll tell us a quick, quick story. In kindergarten, they were trying to teach us our surnames, like what is your last name? And so the teacher's talking to me. I have no idea what she's talking about. I'm just like, bruh, when is recess starting? And she says, well, someone will say your name and then say another word. And you'll hear those two things together. And I was like, I know what that is. I'm Melissa, God damn it. <laughs> I said that in my Catholic kindergarten class. And everyone was just like, damn it. And like little parents. Because you could see the teacher was horrified. And immediately were like emboldened. That's the word we're going to say on repeat. We don't know what it means. <laughs> But you're, you know, you hear your parents saying that, right? I know I had this similar experience that I would, you know, we parrot those things that is so interesting that yet we're, we're born with this unique blueprint, but yet at the same time, we're like little sponges mm-hmm. absorbing Absolutely. everything that's going on. So love everything you've said about authenticity. I want to like dig into joy a little bit because that's like I've All been right. saying is 2023, my in, intention, I might even blog about it is more joy, less joy. And I kind of wake up every morning and I'm thinking about, okay, I want to focus on joy. And it, what it does is I find so many big and little things that bring me joy, like having a cup of tea, walking my dog, things I do every day. But when I bring that intentionality that, wow, I get to walk my dog. I get to practice yoga. I get to cuddle with my man. You know, I get mm-hmm. to do this podcast instead of like, oh no, you know, I got to write this article. I got to do this podcast. Got to walk the dog again. It's raining outside. It's like, okay, got the galoshes on. I'm going to go for a joyful walk. How do you create more of what I like to call like sort of these joy snacks? I love the term joy snacks. And I think that they can be readily created. We find what we seek. So when you're looking for them, you're looking for these little joy bombs to come into your day, then you'll notice them because everything is all around us, all of it the despair, the hatred, the love, the joyousness, like everything is around us. So we get to choose our lens. We get to choose how we focus on the world. And so that you'll be walking the dog in the rain and you'll be like, whoa, that is a naked tree. That's hilarious. This tree just looks nude, you know, or whatever, whatever you see that kind of like makes you giggle and, and gives you that little spark. You know, you might be walking along in the rain and think like, ooh, rain's soup is good in rain. I'm gonna go inside and make me some soup, you know? And and it's just a fun life is life can be very fun when we let it. Yeah. What are some of your top two or three things that bring you joy? Or maybe even something Uh, a little quirky, like I play ukulele. That's like my biggest thing. When I need a little joy, I either turn music on and dance and I play the ukulele. Not exactly, you know, like virtuoso, but I don't really care. It's just fun. 
It's just fun. And so what I do is I do arts and crafts. I've got uh, a six foot high vision board over there that I'm, uh, you know, coloring in. I'm trying to make my markers look like watercolors because I'm just being extra. And, uh, you know, just, and there's, it's for no one but me. It's mine. It's for me. So doing something for myself, especially coming from a large family, coming from two marriages that I subsumed myself to support the spouse, um, you know, just doing something just for me and because I like it is a pretty, pretty big thrill, honestly. And uh, the other thing is to read, just read a page. I will put, oh, you see all these books behind me? I've read them all, but I'll just pick one up and open it and read a page and hearken back to like what I learned from that. And, you know, what, when was I reading it? What was I, was it during the uh, pandemic when I swear to you, it was like 1800s, Steve and I would sit and read books to each other. <laughs> yep. That's what we did. Cause we were so sick of TV. We were just like, no, I can't watch any more TV. I just yeah. can't do it. And you know, so um, it's just, that's one thing that is a little joy snack for me. Definitely. And um, I guess the third one would be taking care of plants. I have a lovely array of succulents that I have managed to keep alive for numerous years, not to brag. Uh, I'm not allowed to touch the orchids that are in the bay window because um, apparently the way I care for plants is not good for them. <laughs> I eat neglect. <laughs> orchids are tough. I have to say I'm blessed. I think probably like you, like my man is a master gardener and he can grow anything for in whatever he's amazing we still have kale in december which is incredible that's in so fantastic um but you know i think that resonates so much is that when you're doing things with joy you aren't you aren't focused on any kind of outcome right you're not trying right. to like accomplish or be the best or get something done it's just because it feels good to you and i love that idea i'm going to start doing that of just picking random books opening up to a page and kind of using that as an oracle um mm -hmm. And speaking of oracles, we are going to take a little break. And when we come back, we are going to play with this fascinating oracle deck. So I'm going to show you there, if you're watching here on Facebook and YouTube, this beautiful oracle deck, which I received a couple of months ago. And we're going to be speaking with the creator of the deck and talking about how you can use oracle decks uh, to help you become the person you want to be, how you can tap into your intuition, have more fun, and also, you know, maybe get a little creative too. So stick with me. We'll hear you. We will be back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Rock Your Midlife. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Talk to you on the other side. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, 
your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Hey, welcome back. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. Thank you so much for being here. We are talking today all about how to become who you want to be. And before the break, we were talking with Mel Trumbull all about her journey and her joy and authenticity. And now we're going to switch gears a little and we are going to talk to Allison Felice. And she is a San Francisco-based illustrator whose clients include, get this, the New York Times, the New Yorker, Instagram, Frog Design, the Wall Street Journal, Bandcamp, and more. She writes about creativity and hosts the Friendly Unknown podcast. She is the author and illustrator of The Journey, an Oracle deck. It's right here to help you find your place in the universe, published by Smith Street Books. It is so much fun. If you're listening to this before the holidays, looking for a great gift, I have to say, I am giving this to a number of my friends. Can't go wrong with giving somebody an Oracle deck. I mean, we're talking here about authenticity and joy and connecting with your true self. There's nothing like when you're feeling kind of stuck. And I have like 30 Oracle decks. I've got tarot. I've been reading tarot probably for 30 years all kinds of Oracle decks. I just go and I just pick one and it brings me so much joy to like flip them over and read the books. Well, welcome to Rocky Midlife, Allison. And thank you for this beautiful deck. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for those kind words. Oh, you're Um, welcome. Yeah. I think uh, tarot and Oracle is just such a great jumping off point. Just flip over a card, you know, see what it brings up for you, follow your intuition. And yeah, it's a, I think it really helps avoid the blank canvas problem. Of like where yeah. do you start? <laughs> it, it's great. It's a really great way to tap into your intuition. So before we yeah. dive into your path mm-hmm. and you inspired a lot of today's theme, I know you have a question for Mel. Yes. Okay. So I was nodding along. <laughs> I don't know if you saw me on the video. I was just nodding along completely to everything you were saying. You just completely spoke my language. Um, and I just uh, had a question about like, How do you balance going into the depths and kind of like dredging up your past with following joy, like following that spark, not getting stuck in your past and and what has happened to you and identifying too much with that? Like, how do you move through that? That is an excellent question. And it is a delicate uh, balance between knowing when you've experienced fully the emotions versus you're getting yourself stuck and you're suffering needlessly. Mm. So the the thing to do is to have a guide, right? You know, someone who's working with you 
and ask them, like, do you think that this is done? And, and feel how, what they say, just feel in your body. Do you feel like constricted? Like, no, you're wrong. Do you feel like, oh, I'm relieved. All right. Now we can just like relax and let everything settle back in so that I can assimilate that. Um, I'm not sure if that answered your question, just but knowing the difference between yeah. wallowing or, or getting stuck and knowing that you're done. And the joy for me of that comes from the excitement about what I'm doing and that I'm not going to have another nightmare about that. And I'm, and, and not, I'll be able to handle so much better the next time I hear this sound or, you know, whatever triggers me about that issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I just think for myself personally right now, like going for what I want next, how do I release those limiting beliefs? How do I identify and release those limiting beliefs so I can move forward without getting, how do I know? How do I know? (laughs) I guess the balance. We we constantly have this voice. So you've heard that you can't do X, Y, Z a billion times. You've heard it a million times. So take the next step and say, answer it out loud. Yes, you might feel silly, but whatever. And say, no, that's wrong. I can do. And this is why. And connect with your why and let that be reinforced until your your reason to do these things is so much stronger than that. You know, and it's just, they had it right in the 17, 1800s because they thought that the mind was something that you could use to make decisions, to communicate, to do work. And then you could put it aside and enjoy and have dinner and, you know, go see some entertainment and enjoy the people you're with. And it doesn't have to be mindful all the time. And Mm. I think we've lost sight of that. And there's this pressure to be ever, ever present. You're not just being mindful. You're there. You're being productive. You you know, and it's, you know, dang. Ellen's right. Turn on some music and dance a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I would say the compartmentalization is really good. Um, I would say too, that I always tell people name it, you tame it. So like just Mm. becoming that observer and saying, okay, this is sadness. This is grief. This is frustration. This is fear. What that does is it unsticks it from the primitive part of your brain and brings it to the big frontal cortex that we have as you know, the the top of the food chain, um, and then also feel it, you heal it. So feeling the emotion, emotions are felt experiences in the body. So if you can feel it in your body, maybe work through it. If you do yoga or dancing to move that energy through your body and then let it come and go. And I think that to me, the joy connection happens is when you allow yourself to experience the pain, the interesting thing is you experience more of the joy. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, are constantly just trying to control all your emotions, you control joy. You cannot control joy. You have to be surprised by joy as, you know, C.S. Lewis said. So when you're able to take care of your difficult emotions, you interesting love experience more joy and also experience a deeper relationship with yourself because the experiencing and taking care of your emotions is a self-compassion practice of regulating mm-hmm. your emotions. So when you're regulating your emotions, you're treating yourself like a good friend and you fall in love with yourself. So it's, but it is a process. And I like what Mel said is like, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with it today. So I'm just going to like do something else, else fun. So thank you for that brilliant question that got us dialoguing all over the map, but I want to find out, tell about your journey and path. So how did you get on this journey and path and I know that the cool thing about this deck is like you've encapsulated everything that you learned in this part, initial part of your journey yeah. in the, the, these beautiful cardboard creations. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just, a, I guess it's a snapshot of what I've sort of learned over the last five or six years. 
Um, I was a corporate graphic designer. I was designing websites and um, I was at, so yeah, prior to leaving that job, I was there for four years and like the first two years were so great. I loved it. And then the second two years, I was just really in the passenger seat of my life. And there was one conversation I had in the lunchroom where it I think it was 2016 and someone mentioned something about the year 2014 and it struck me that that was two years had passed since then. And it just snapped me out of sort of being asleep at, you know, in the passenger seat. I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I like, and I instantly imagined myself in a car in the passenger seat. Like it just all sort of crystallized for me. And I became very like, I need to, what is my purpose? Like I need to, do me. And um, I didn't know what that was. I, <laughs> I just knew it needed, the next step needed to be my own creative expression. Um, and that's why I had gotten into design. That's why I had gotten into like a creative field. And so I just sort of set out on the path. I realized on Instagram, everyone I followed was either someone I knew or it was an illustrator. And so that was like a huge clue to me. And so um, I decided, you know what? I, I love illustration. It's my favorite part of my job as a designer was whenever I got to illustrate something, I would just put on my headphones, go into a cozy corner of the office, listen to a podcast and just illustrate. And that was just what I love. So um, it may seem like a very similar path, like design and illustration, but they're actually like completely different word, worlds. So I just sort of had to start over. Um, and I initially thought becoming an illustrator would be this external path of, I find clients, I find projects, and I build up my profession that way. And what I didn't realize was just how much of an inward path it would be and how it's almost like was only about the inward path. And by... Um, you know, going into who I was and, and finding out, finding my North star, um, working through limiting beliefs, uh, understanding, you know, that I had depression, anxiety, all of those things. Um, through that, I sort of, uh, became a magnet for clients. And, and when I started creating from, from that part of me, this authentic self with like a capital S, um, that's when things came to me. And that's when, when I started seeing success as an illustrator. Um, and so I had been wanting to do an Oracle deck for a couple of years. And then I was just working so hard as an illustrator that it's kind of a crazy profession because if you, if you work for like newspapers and magazines, the deadlines are just like, we need this tomorrow. We need this in two days. Um, you don't want to turn away work. You don't you know, want to turn away work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you have like multiple projects going that with these really intense deadlines. Um, and so I I became pregnant and I had uh, my son in 2019 and that sort of changed everything. I couldn't work those deadlines anymore. So I had to sort of like figure out how I was going to be an illustrator and a mom. And um I think like I went through some postpartum depression. I started a podcast and then about a year after having him, I was like, okay, it's time to work on the deck. Like it's time. I have just gone into the depths of becoming a mom. I have all this 
um, information to share. And now is the time. And so I just decided, I don't know how it's going to come out into the world. I just have to take the next step and start working on this. And then it all just kind of magically came together. That's such an inspiring story because (laughs) you were first um, really followed your path of joy saying, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. want to do the design work. I'm here to do the illustration. This is really who I am. And then like Mm -hmm. sort of diving into the depths of anxiety and depression and incorporating that into the work that you're doing is super, super powerful. And of course, you just got so much wisdom from all of the dealing with your shadow self. I think that's so interesting about being human is that we are matter and we are spirit and we Mm -hmm. are are light and we are dark. We are all of these things. And when we can embrace all of the mess and the chaos of who we are, that's when we really start to become who it is that we want to be, which is constant work in progress. So let's talk a little bit about this beautiful deck again. It's called The Journey. Um, What are the key takeaways from the deck that you would like people to understand? Yeah, the key takeaway is the journey is about finding who you are, who you've always been. Um, It's peeling off the layers, you know, like when we're, when we're young, we sort of take this outward journey to fit in and to get our needs met and to socialize, especially if you think about like high school and middle school, how far away from yourself you might actually be just to have friends and to be popular. And, um, and I think when around or when we hit our thirties or midlife, um, we start to wonder how we got so off track and uh, who, what do we like? You know, what is success? Like, it's very, can be a very um, confusing, elusive thing. And the journey is the inward path back to who you are, peeling off those masks, um, stepping away from the persona and finding the self again. And from there, finding your purpose. Yeah, it's definitely a very, um, like I said, I have so many decks, but it's a very thought provoking, it's challenging deck. Like I was just playing with it as we're talking and I pulled up difficulties, Mm. which is, you know, such a cool looking. And it just, to me, it's clouds and a crescent moon and a sort of shadowy person who is kind of like, oh, what (laughs) what do I do here? What path am I? There's no path. He's just sort of looking at the clouds, but it is definitely thought provoking. I love that you've got these quotes from amazing teachers throughout the decades on top of it. So it is a very cool deck. So what's the best way to use the deck? How do people interact with it? How do you interact with it? Do you still use it yourself? Yeah, I do. Um, It's kind of surreal to use it myself, actually. (laughs) But um, it's, I, I think it's probably best to use it like as a daily card pool or a weekly card pool, just like as a, some, like a way to, start your day or if you're going through something difficult pull a card you can journal about it just think about the theme and what it means for you what it brings up um i've heard people i have a friend who actually just got a a deck and she's her friend who reads oracle oracle cards told her to um like have a glass of wine with it to sort of like get your energy with the deck and um make friends with it and yeah, I, I would also love for people in therapy to maybe like pull a card with their therapist too. Um, I think that could be like a, a great way to just sort of dig in quickly to the session and see what it see what it brings up and just trust that, you know, whatever card comes up is what was meant to be. 
So. Yeah. I would also say if you're new to Oracle decks, just play. I yeah. think it's when I, you know, I've been reading tarot yeah. for decades and it's, you have the intuitive ability to connect with these images. That's a, mm -hmm. using kind of a different part of your brain. I think so many times people are like really hesitant and am I doing it right? But it's a really an, an invitation to play and yeah. then it should be fun and interactive. And basically you can't do it wrong. Yeah, you can't. And it could be, um, you know, if you, if you read tarot, you can pull an Oracle card with your tarot reading um, as just like another dimension to it. Yeah. Just play. It's like, you don't even need to read the booklet. You can just look at the images and see what that brings up for you intuitively. Um, just yeah. Any, any way you want to use it is the right way. I think. Yeah. So as we are in incredibly interesting times, chaotic times, mm. and we're sort of like knocking on the door of the Aquarian age, why do you feel that an Oracle deck is really important right now? And how can it help individuals and the collective? Self-discovery. I think um, the way, what well, I, I think we're on a, we're in a transition between worlds. I think one world is sort of coming to an end and another one is being born. And so we're in that liminal space between and it's, we're in the cocoon and the cocoon is always dark and painful. And I think that's where we are right now. And I think the way the new world will be born is an individual level. So if we all can transform ourselves, we will transform the collective. And so I think an Oracle deck is a good way to understand who you are and to sort of like dive in and find your joy, find your purpose, find who you are um, so that your light can shine and rebuild the world. Yeah. It's a wonderful way. I think to take a pause too, when you feel like you're in the fork and road and just thinking like, okay, I'm going to pause and see what this brings and what it activates and learning how to listen to your intuition. I love what you said about, you know, we are in this chrysalis or this cocoon. I think we're mm -hmm. between going from like homo sapiens to like homo consciousness. I don't know if you've mm. read sapiens, but I'm in the middle yeah. of reading it. I think I've mentioned it a bunch of times. It's a great book, but just looking at like, how did we get here as like the species at the top of the, the food chain yeah. and what's next for us. And I think we do need to have a big change collectively and individually. I think if everybody loved themselves and was kinder and focusing on their own personal growth and development and making the world a better place, we would be in a very different place if we got away from politics and from from greed and all and all of the yeah. things. I think it's going to take a while though, but I think it's so cool that we have so many people who are waking up and doing things like writing books and coaching and creating Oracle decks. So um, is there a card theme that you're focusing on the moment? Do you like pick a card a day for yourself? What's your process like? Or do you feel like, okay, I'm right now, I'm going to focus on this card. Where are you yeah, with your deck? You know, I have them in my, they often come up in my mind. Um, and then I'll think there's one, and then I'll pull a card and it'll surprise me. Um, so today I actually pulled one before before I came on here. And it, I was thinking, oh, I need the rest card because I have two small, <laughs> I have a seven-month-old baby oh. and uh, three-year-olds. And um, That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wait till they're 21 and 25. Oh, and you gosh. can't pick them up. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, time flies too. It's going to be here soon. Um but I pulled a card and it was create. And I, it just made me think um, that I am really ready for what's next. And I, it's, I think it's like being a parent of two small children and you get really caught up in their lives and, um, 
and we're we've just been constantly sick recently. This season has been brutal. So it's, I feel like the way through is like to create and to follow. Like you mentioned, follow the joy because I think um, a lot of people think personal development is this like dark, scary thing. It's going into the psyche, which is like going into Hades, right? And so it's like in our culture, we really think about hell as this like scary place and um, the underworld, you know? And, but I really do think like you could think about it as following your joy, following what lights you up. Like that is the path to who you are. That's why you like those things. Um, So yeah, creativity is my card for the day. Um, And yeah, I just think like we all have a song to sing, you know, and and that's why we're here. And that's what's going to heal the world is when we're all in alignment with our own song. That is so, so true. But I know it's hard to sing it because you get scared that someone's yes, going to say, those limiting beliefs. you're a baritone. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm a soprano. No, no, you're yeah. a baritone or you can't sing or you should be doing something else. All of that shooting. That's a clear mm-hmm. sign that the ego is involved when you are shooting all over yourself. And I'm so glad that you <laughs> you had the, had the courage to like create this, this deck. So looking back, what advice would you give your past self? What would you tell your past mm. self in terms of our theme for today, how to become who you want to be? What would you say to her? You know, looking at her frustrated, yeah. thinking, oh my God, where did these two years <laughs> go? What am I doing in this design firm? I'm not living my truth. What would you say to her? What advice yeah. would you give her? Um, you know what? Just It's what I would tell myself now, which is just like, the fear is always going to be there, um, but you just have to go for it. Because if, if you're going to wait two years and then do it, why not just do it now? Um, but I know that, you know, everything happened at the right time for, for, the, for the right reasons. But I, I would say, like, yeah, just find, it's really the themes of shade. Find the joy in the moment, right? And then go for it. Don't let the limiting beliefs hold you back. Yeah. And just understanding too, the neuroscience, I always have to remind myself, like when I'm in fear and anxiety, just realizing Mm. it's just my brain and our brains are much more interested in us being safe than being Mm. actualized or happy or joyful, you know, following the joyful path isn't always safe. I mean, yeah. it is safe in that, you know, we're not going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Like when the, you know, when <laughs> our ancestors, you know, thousands of years ago were like, okay, I'm going to like chart new territory and go in new areas. There was danger involved in sort of moving into new ground, but we're, we're really safe. I mean, I always have to remind myself that I am physically not in danger, but, you know, mentally stepping outside my comfort zone it's always the sense of like, oh my God, change is scary and something could happen. And so why not just stay comfortably uncomfortable? I think, but I was diagnosed with breast cancer earlier this year and it was kind of like, oh, you face the big C and you're like, wait a minute, I could could die if I don't do anything about this. So I think that there are real fears in life, but we can sort of learn how to work uh, productively with our thoughts. Listen, I am in love with your journey and what you have created. And I'm interested to know what is coming from you. Do you feel that you're drawn to do another deck or Mm. are you, what is next? That's a great question. That's what I'm working on right now is trying to understand what that is. I do feel like I'm 
in a chrysalis right now. So it's very, it's, you know, I've, it's been, yeah. Um, I think what's next for me is, uh, I think about the archetype, the wounded healer and how um, the wounds that I have are actually like how I'll be able to help other people. And I see that in you as well. Um, and so I, I just, I'm trying to figure out like what sort of medium that's going to take. Is it another deck? I would love to do another deck, a book. Is it like an online course? Is it public speaking? I don't really know yet. So I'm just kind of like following the breadcrumb trail to, to, to like figure out what the message is and figure out what the medium is. Check out so Chiron. Exciting. Do you know about Chiron? Yeah, Chiron, the wounded healer. Yeah, yes. I had someone, yeah. I had a woman on, I can't remember her name, um, about, she wrote a book about Chiron and oh, how Chiron, amazing. it's interesting. Chiron's very, if you're listening, Chiron is a, is a planet that was fairly recently discovered that actually takes about 50 years to go around the sun. So it's mm. interesting in terms of midlife because yeah. it, it, we go, we face our Chiron return and it's very generational. So I think that that's a super cool thing to be looking at. So I want to uh, make sure that people can find you guys. I forgot to mention that Mel, you have a summit coming up, which is called the it's joy and authenticity summit, correct? Yes. Unleash your authentic joy. And I am a speaker and it's going to be super. And I have put the link to that in the show notes. So do Excellent. check that out. It's totally free. How many speakers will be doing that? 21. 21 speakers. Oh, so if you want to get your joy back and your authenticity and just be in Mel's aura, because she just has amazing energy. You mm-hmm. just exude joy and authenticity. Uh, do check that out. And your website, Mel, if people want to get in touch with you. Uh, www.zfgliving.com and on Instagram, I am at zfgliving. Yes, and we won't say what the F is. It's it's um stands for zero steps given. It does, and that's your Fs are your resources. So yes. my whole point with that is to catch attention, number one, and then don't give away everything. Utilize it, use it to get forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't just be like, here you go, here I am nothing all right you so know. check check out the summit and allison i know that your deck is available pretty much everywhere i know it's probably available on amazon bookstores gift yeah. shops yeah amazon bookstores gift shops if you have a local bookstore um check it out if they don't have it just ask them to order it um but yeah the big amazon <laughs> yeah and it's there. A- such, but it's, it is a gift that will fit everybody. I promise oh. you, I have loved it. It is so much fun. I love that it's got this wonderful uh, red and sort of red and white checkerboard with black. So it's very distinct, very, very, very fun. So do check that out. Check out the summit on. Also, if you are interested in getting in touch with me, go to the midlifewhisperer.com. I am actually doing a midlife reboot. If you are interested in learning more about that, just go ahead and go to the midlifewhisperer.com. You can contact me there and I will give you more information if you're looking to make 2023 the year where you are more authentic and you have less oi and more joy, more joy, less oi. That's what that reboot is going to be all about. So thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Allison. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.